Sunday, November the 21st. Welcome to this Burlington Audio Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and inspired in your faith as you listen to this message. We'd love to hear what you think. Please be in touch with us through the website. More information and many more podcasts are all at burlingtonbaptist.org.uk. Thanks for listening. We are coming to the end of our series where we've been thinking about the various places where we find ourselves. So family, leisure, our street, our home. And for these final two uh, mornings together, uh, we're going to think about work. Because every place we're discovering has a purpose because God always has a plan. And I know that work can be challenging and difficult and hard and overwhelming and uh, and so many other things. And we'll think a bit more about that next week. But I'd I'd like to put work, if I can, for a few moments in its wider context and perhaps give each of us a a fresh vision of what we're about. Because as this uh, series reminds us we find ourselves in all kinds of different places. It's 11.15 on Monday morning. Look where I am. It's 3.45 on Thursday afternoon. Look where I am. It's 6.30 a.m. maybe on Friday morning. Look where I am. Many of us find ourselves at work. And you might remember what it was like the first time you discovered that you had to go to work all the time. That you'd go for a day and you'd have a good day and then you'd have to do it again. And when it first dawned on you that you would hardly have any holidays. That this was the way it would be for the next 10, 20, 30, 40 years. That moment of shock to students that have done precious little for several years and uh, travelled the world saying that in some strange way they're educating themselves, but in fact they're spending their parents' money as fast as they can. What I'm going to say about work applies to all of us. It's not just about being a plumber or a healthcare assistant or a network engineer or a lawyer. It's about everything that we do. Whether you make beds for yourself or for your family or for a hotel, whether you cook a meal for yourself or for friends or for a restaurant, whether you fill in forms, clean things up, sort things out at home or in an office, at a shop, or in a factory, in a laboratory, or a studio, or a study, paid or unpaid, we all work. From the age of about three, it's going to be a shock for Esther, we all work. It just becomes part of the responsibility of who we are. And today I have just one big idea about all of this time that we spend at whatever we might call work, and it's this. The big idea is that God cares about your work. God cares about your work. In answer to the question, who is interested in what I do? You might have a job when people glaze over when you explain to them what you do after about 3.2 seconds because it's a mystery to them. 
You might wonder sometimes, am I making a difference? Would anybody care if I didn't do this anymore? Does anyone appreciate the hours that I put in? The complexity of completing that task? The effort it took to finish that project? Is it just a money-making exercise so that I can leave work to go and live? In answer to that question, does anybody care? I want to remind all of us today, God cares. God sees the effort that you put in, in that particular task. God understands what it took to get to where you are, to be doing what you are doing. Someone cares. God cares. But to be honest, we might be forgiven to think that God doesn't really care. That the things that God's interested in are things like hymns and church and religious stuff. That the only jobs that matter to him might be that of a priest or a vicar or a bishop of some kind. Is God really interested in how your presentation goes on Tuesday afternoon? Or whether that design you're working on really will make the product easier to use? Or whether the proposal really will meet the customer's needs. Or whether you cleaned that house or prepared that meal or bathed those kids. God cares as much about that as he does about everything else. And the opening two chapters of God's book, the Bible, explain to us that in the world that he made, he cares about every detail of our comings and our goings. And we'll look at that in a moment. And so the Bible is able to say in summary that whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever your work is today, paid or unpaid at home, in an office, wherever it might be, Whatever you do, you can work at it all in the name of Jesus because all of it matters to him. He cares about all of it. And so it talks about a rhythm of uh, of reading scripture and praying together. It says that the reason we might do that, those things, is that we might be really good at our work. That we might be really good at our jobs, that every, uh, that we might be completely equipped for every good work. It all matters. And I want us to see, I hope, this morning that it all matters because your work has a synergy, a synchronism with God's work. Your work in some small way mirrors the way that God works. Your work in some way matches and joins in with what God is doing with the whole of Creation. I mentioned those first few books in Genesis that Julia kindly uh, read from. And they, they talk about the way that God created this world and provided within it the things that we need. Fresh air to breathe and land to build on and delicious food to eat and water to drink and animals to look after and a garden to tend and enjoy. And into all of that, God placed human beings, you and me, for our flourishing. God's work creates that place for human flourishing. Our work, the things that we do in our lives, have that same goal at their heart. 
that we might create environments where all of us flourish. It's, of course, what we do when we create a home, whether we're married or single children or not. When we create a home for others to come and enjoy, we create a place where people can flourish. It's what managers do. It's what employers do. It's what team leaders do, creating places where people can flourish. This sink between God's work and your work have a number of connection points. And I just want to share five very briefly, and that will bring what I'm saying to a close. You see, God's work and your work brings order. The Bible says that at the beginning, the earth was kind of formless and void. It was it was chaos. And uh, we're all familiar with a bit of chaos in our lives, aren't we? Maybe you left part of your house or your bedroom in chaos today. But God's work and our work is to bring order out of that chaos. So this week, when you tidy something up, when you maintain something or service it, when you make a plan or you create a policy or you police something in its broader sense, you are bringing order. Whether it's numbers on a spreadsheet, people in a crowd, tasks in a project, items in a stockroom, our jobs matter because we're joining with the way the universe works in bringing order out of chaos. God's work, your work provides. We can see, can't we, in those opening chapters of the the Bible, the way that God has provided for our every need. And it says uh, at the end of those verses that he's put his, he put his very breath into us. God couldn't have, have provided more. He gave us the very breath that's within our lungs. He's given us everything that we need. And maybe you think about your work as providing in the most basic of levels. It, it gives me a salary or, a, or an income. But think much bigger about all the work that we do and the way that it provides. The lorry driver or container ship crew that provides vital supplies. The software engineer that provides ease of access for communication or transactions or information. The nursery nurse that provides a nurture for our children. The broadcaster providing news or entertainment or knowledge or connection. All those things that are essential for human flourishing, the waste management team that come to our street at 6am every Wednesday morning that we might live in a clean, rubbish-free environment. The whole of life is about providing, providing for others. God's work, your work, brings joy. I totally understand that it might not do that for you all of the time. But it says that God made work to bring joy to ourselves and to one another. All kinds of trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. I love it when someone comes into my office and leaves a little bit more hopeful. 
There is joy for the keynote speaker when they know that they've captured the attention of their audience in some way and communicated their idea. There is joy for the teacher when that child succeeds or for the lawyer when that person gets justice or for the coach when that person experiences breakthrough. There's joy in a meal cooked, in a drink prepared, in a room made nice for a guest. There's joy when a tap gets fixed or a roof that's leaking gets repaired. Joy in the ease of an efficient online form that you were dreading filling in, but somehow it was like someone had made it easy for you. There is a joy when the house and the bedroom gets cleaned. There's a project to be completed that brings joy when it's done. When a system works, when a customer is happy, when a job's well done, when a vegetable garden grows, when that first tomato is picked, there is joy in these things. And so with all that we do this week, we join in with the God of heaven, bringing joy to ourselves and to those around us. God's work, your work, brings beauty. God saw all that he'd made and it was very good. I hope there have been times in your life when you've done something and you step back and you go, do you know what? That was good. You won't share it because you know that's a bit prideful. But deep down, I hope you know something of that, that sense of beauty, of pride in something that you have uh, have done. Our work brings beauty in a myriad of ways. Arranging a room so that it's welcoming. Creating a product that's both functional and beautiful. That's what fashion is all about, and it's what technology is all about, and it's what architecture is all about. It's what the food industry is all about. It's what the motor industry is all about. It's not just function. It's also creating beauty. The coat might keep you warm, but if you look really weird in it, you're probably not going to wear it. The food might be good for you, but if it looks like it's going to come back up, you're not going to eat it. The car might get you from A to B, but if it looks like one that your grandparents drove, you might not want to drive it. There is function and there's beauty. And do you know what? Beauty is good for the soul. Who knows what I'm talking about? Who needs some beauty in their lives? Technology understands this. It doesn't just need to work. You need to feel good about it working. It needs to feel beautiful in, in some Way A song that's well mixed, a graphic well designed, a building well appointed, a, a poem or a play well penned, embrace beauty, not just function. And you've heard me say uh, too many times probably about our table at home that is like the centerpiece as it is in all our homes of, of relationship, of family, of connection, of all that's good about uh, about life. You keep going, Esther girl. Go on. You give your parents an absolute run for their money. Because I'm not embarrassed and they're not embarrassed. And you're not embarrassed. But let's try and embarrass them, shall we? You just keep going, girl. This is your place. She was chasing a ball that she's now picked up, for those of you that can't see. (laughs) There's beauty in the genius of a footballer's pass. Some of you would agree. There's beauty in a Formula One driver being able to follow the line, some of you would agree. There's beauty in a cyclist pushing him or herself to the absolute limit. There is beauty in a failing school being recovered by a head and their team. 
There is beauty in an employer working hard to prevent redundancy. There is beauty everywhere in a budget that brings clarity to what we can and cannot do. In accounts that creates order out of what has happened with our finances. And beauty is good for the soul. Find the beauty in your work this week for yourself and for others. And then finally, God's work and your work releases uh, potential. Potential is all around us, isn't it? Look at the unbelievable potential packed in to Esther. Unbelievable potential packed into all of us. Infants, into toddlers, into children, into teenagers, into world-changing adults. Come on. So much potential. A seed that becomes a plant, a sapling that becomes a tree. A fruit that becomes an apple pie, milk that becomes cheese, grapes that become wine, sand that becomes glass or a silicon chip, bacteria that becomes a vaccine. Everywhere, everything, everyone is pregnant with potential. And your work and mine, God's work and ours, releases that potential in our everyday lives in wonderful ways. I hope that seeing our work in the bigger picture gives to all of us a deeper clarity of meaningful purpose. But I want to end where I began. As you go about your work this week, I want to remind you that God really cares about it. And because he really cares about it, he is with you. He's with you. He's right there in the office, in the study, in the factory, on the shop floor, in the laboratory, in the experiment that's not working out, in the project that seems to be running away. He is with you. And as we sang some moments ago, he is, he is for you. This is the God who is with us and for us. So not just look where I am. I'm at work. Let's remind ourselves this week. Not just look where I am, but look who's with me. The God of heaven is with me in this work. It all matters to God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that it all matters. Forgive us when we've thought about you as kind of being a bit weird. That you're a bit out of touch with our ordinary everyday lives. That you don't, you don't understand what it is to do the daily commute. You don't understand what it is to wrestle with something, to be misunderstood, to struggle to get something finished. We thank you that you are intimately involved in all of life. And that all of life is to be celebrated as a gift from you. I pray, Lord, that you would give us a renewed picture of our everyday living. As we bring order this week. As we make provision for ourselves and others this week. As we look for the joy and create the beauty and release the potential. May we know and see and experience your goodness in a myriad of different yet wonderful ways. Because wherever we are at 11.15 tomorrow, 
or at 4.30 on Thursday afternoon. Your goodness is with me. Right there, running after me, chasing after me. May I know in those places, in these tasks, the goodness of God.